mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, How God Uses Our Burdens. His scripture text will be taken from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. Here now, Pastor Moody. I want to just talk to you a little bit tonight in my Bible study this week. I came across, across a familiar story, will be familiar to many of you, and certainly is to me as uh, over the many years I've read, studied this story, preached about it. And uh, I want to just talk to you on a subject of how God uses our burdens, how God uses our burdens. I remember, I was thinking about this today, that many years ago when I was first saved, I heard our pastor say this one night. He said, sometimes people get a burden and they pray for God to lift it when they should pray for God to give them strength to work through it because it's for a purpose. And so when I remembered that, I was reading this story. This is the story of, of Hannah. And, uh, of course, Hannah would be the mother of Samuel. But at this time in her life, she's barren. She's married to a wonderful man. His name is Elkanah, and he loved her. He had another wife by the name of Penina. And uh, uh, Penina, had, Penina had children, but Hannah was barren, and it broke her heart. She wanted to give children to her husband. And so they went to Shiloh, where the tabernacle was at that time, as they would go up once a year to make sacrifices, and it was a time of celebration. And Elkanah would give portions to Penina, but to Hannah, the Bible said he would give extra or double portions. And he, he loved her so much, but she would be brokenhearted because she wasn't able to give him a child. I want to just read you the scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 9. It said, so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh. Remember, they're there during the celebration and worship. And after they had drunk, and now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she, Hannah, was in bitterness of soul, which means she was grieved. And she prayed unto the Lord, and she wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget, notice she calls herself again, thine handmaid, the handmaid of the Lord, uh, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto you. I'll, I'll just give him back to you unto the Lord for all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head, which means he'll be a Nazarite to God. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli, the priest, he noticed her mouth. He marked her mouth. The Bible said, Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, and her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. And the Scripture said that Eli said unto her, How long will you be drunken? Put away the wine from thee. 
Notice verse, the next verse, verse 15. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have, what's this, poured out my soul before the Lord. I've poured out my soul. This woman had a burden. Father, we thank you for your love and for your goodness, and we pray your blessing upon us as we minister tonight. Talking just a little bit about how God uses our burden. And uh, here, this woman uh, was in a place, and I want you to understand, that was of God's design. And I'll explain that. It was the purpose of the Lord that she would be barren at this time, and then that God would move for her. You see, God uses this burden of Hannah's heart to bring a surprisingly larger solution to another problem, to a larger problem that was actually the burden of God's heart. Because you see, barrenness was not only Hannah's condition, but spiritually it was the condition of Israel. They were away from God. They, they were, there was nothing going on. It was a season of spiritual need. Amen. And there was little prophetic activity. There wasn't anything being heard from God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, in verse number 1, it said, And the child Samuel, she had left him there at this point, he ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious. In other words, they didn't hear from God. Eli was failing God terribly, and his sons were, were horrible young men who were sinning at the temple gate and, and defrauding people and taking advantage of them with the offerings and, and lying with women right at the temple gate. And God speaks at judgment against Eli. And, and, and there was no prophecy coming forth. And it, so it was a time of, of terrible spiritual need. And so God needs a voice to speak on his behalf to the people. So Hannah is here praying, and she's in this intense intercession for a child. And was, she was moving unawares to her in concert with God. And God was going to not just bring her a son, but also bring forth the will and blessing of God for the whole nation because this child Samuel, as I've read it in your hearing, starts ministering to the Lord and he will eventually be the replacement for this backslidden priest, Eli. God would cut off the Levitical priesthood and bring forth Samuel to be the priest, the prophet, and the leader of Israel during those times. Amen. Bring a blessing to the whole nation. Now, she trusts the longings of her heart to God. And God moves on her behalf, but also advances his plan for the kingdom of God. I want you to understand today, folks, that sometimes God brings a burden on our heart or a vision to our life or a ministry to our lives, and, and we struggle with that ministry or that vision or that burden, and we, we wrestle with it, or, or maybe God will put somebody on our heart, and we're burdened for that person, and we don't know why. And yet it seems like we, we can't stop praying for them. And it could be that God's about to raise up the next great preacher 
or God's about to use your intercession to save a life in that family. I want to tell you that I really believe that sometimes God has stirred me to pray for people. And I can think of instances where it saved a life or saved a family or saved a marriage. And, and we, we just kept praying that we felt like that we had gotten through. Listen, God uses our burdens. Here was this woman who was in barrenness. Now, you you got to understand that barrenness was the ultimate tragedy for a Hebrew woman in Bible times, amen, for her to, to be barren. To them, it, it represented the inability to perpetuate the name of her husband or to present to him progenitory that would carry on his name and to secure the orderly transfer of his properties or his estate to the next generation. You, you have to understand God divided the land and the inheritance among the Jewish people by lot. And it was to remain within that family, within that lot, and to be handed down generation after generation. So it was a great responsibility in the minds of women in Bible times, amen, to be able to bear children for their husband. I remember reading the story about Abraham and the Bible said, well, when he was still Abram before God changed his name in Genesis 15 and 1. Listen, God begins to speak to Abraham about this very thing. And it says, after these things, in Genesis 15 and 1, it said, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing that I go childless? Now, God speaks to Abraham and tells him that him and Sarah are going to have a child. He's 75 years old. The child is not born until he's 100. Now, folks, that's a long time to, to wait and expect. And, and Abraham, God is telling him his seed is going to be as the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven. And God's going to use him to bless the nations of the earth. But Abraham's talking to God and he said, wait a minute, Lord. I don't have any children. And he said, why will you give me seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house, the one that's in control, is this Eliezer who's from Damascus. In other words, really a hired or a purchased servant. And Abraham said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And, and he's saying, you know, uh, speaking biologically, the woman produces the egg, the man produces the seed. And he's saying, physically, I'm not able to father a child. I have no seed. I'm old. And lo, one born in my house as a servant is, is apparently going to be my heir. So this is very important. He says, behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this will not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy bowels shall be thy heir. God speaks to Abram and says, you and Sarah. And I remember reading about when God visited him when she's 90 plus years old in the tent door. And says, and God tells Abraham, by the, according to the time of life, let me translate that, in nine months, she's going to be holding a baby. And Sarah laughed. Now, you got to understand. She said, can me, who am old and my womb is dead, have you find pleasure in my husband who's old? And, and can we have a child? And God said, Sarah, why did you laugh? <laughs> and when the baby was born, they named him Isaac, which means laughter. Amen. So they all of a sudden, Hannah finds herself, amen, in this position. And so uh, her prayer 
demonstrates, I think, really the proper way to handle situations over which we have no control. She sought God in this because God was the only one that could move. Listen, Psalm 34 and 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Listen, folks, I want to tell you something. Prayer is a very, very powerful force. Amen? God wants you and I to understand the words of prayer. And uh, in James chapter 5, and the last part of that verse, of James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Hear that? Let each other know what your weaknesses are. Carry one another's burdens and pray for each other that you may be healed. Notice the last part of this verse. It says, The effectual, the continual, fervent. Effectual means with purpose. Fervent means powerful, heated prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So Hannah seeks God. Amen. She prays desperately for God to move. Amen. Now, notice the repetition in Hannah's prayer. She refers to herself as a maidservant. She says that uh, in, down in verses 18 and 19, about really about four times, she calls herself God's maidservant. And it exemplifies her humility. I, God, I can't do this on my own. I mean, Elkanah loves her, and he really thinks good of himself. He, he said one time, I don't understand why you're crying. Am I not better to you than five sons? And he's saying, you don't need children, you got me. I mean, that sounds kind of vain, but really that's what he was saying. But she stays humble. She's saying, God, I need, I need a baby. I need you to open my womb. I need you to help me to, to, to conceive. And so this exemplifies her dependence on God. Firm in conviction. She worships the Lord here, and she prays so earnestly that God hears her and uh, brings fruitfulness to her and removes this disgrace that was of not being able to have a child that was associated with barrenness at that time. You know, I, I started thinking like this when you and I come to a place where we understand that, that prayer and being desperate of faith brings about changes in our lives. Some years ago, there was, I, I, God stirred my heart about Jabez in, in the book of First Chronicles, and I preached a message on Jabez. And sometime right after that, there were books that were written on the prayer of Jabez. God began to stir preachers across the country with the, the idea of Jabez. And the Bible said that, uh, amen, in First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9, it said Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, what's this? Because she said, I bore him with sorrow. She had a hard time bearing this child. And Jabez called on the God of Israel as he got older. He realized, uh, some, of the inter some of the commentators say that, uh, that uh, by the time she bore him, that, that her husband was already dead and she was alone. And he saw how God blessed this woman to raise him. So he called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. I don't have any inheritance. That your hand might be with me. I don't have any strength. That you would keep me from evil. Uh, that it might not, uh, that, I, that I won't be grieved by evil. That it might not grieve me. And it just says that God granted him what he requested. 
Folks, I want to tell you that a prayer, a burden of prayer, is something that's so needed today. I thank God that here, this is the Richmond House of Prayer. And one of the most effective ministries of our church is the ministry of our intercessors, our intercessory prayer group. I mean, they pray here one night a week, but it's a, it's a powerhouse of strength that's flowing into the church and, and God is moving because it's stirring the whole church and even the pastor to pray more. Hallelujah, to seek God. And they're sending out prayer cloths and sending out prayer shawls and blankets and, and God is moving and we're getting reports of cancers being healed. Hallelujah. We're getting reports of, of, of great maladies being healed and God answering prayer and families being restored. People are getting saved as a result. God will use our burden. The Bible said when Zion travails, she brings forth sons and daughters. And, and speaking of Hannah and childbirth, all of you ladies who are mothers, you know that children are not born without labor. Children, the Bible says this, that a, that a woman is in anguish and she's in pain while she's bearing that child. But the moment he's born and she holds that child in the scripture references that she sees that God has given her a man child because in that time that was the most important thing to young couples to be able to carry on that inheritance. Don't misunderstand me. Women, girl babies are as important as boy babies, but to them that was a necessity. And But what it says is that a woman goes through labor. And I know when our children were born, I remember the look on my wife's face when she held those two babies, amen, and recognized that what God had blessed us with was a, a precious life. And listen, so it's the same way with prayer. There's got to be a burden of prayer back in the church. Prayer is not just, a, you know, a God is great, God is good, let him thank him for our food. And that's wonderful. We pray over every meal in my house or in, in public or wherever I'm at. I remember one time many years ago, we were in another town pastoring a church, and we went to a little burger place after church one Sunday just to eat. My girls were little, and we sat down at the table, and our children, we, you know, we taught them to be well-behaved in public and in church. They were dressed up. We sat down at the table with our little meal, and we, we bowed our heads, and we prayed, and, and we were sitting there eating, and these two older ladies were sitting in the restaurant, and one of them got up came over to the table. I stood up in honor of the lady. And I'll never forget this. She said, I just wanted to come over and commend you on what a beautiful picture I just saw of this family praying together even over a, over a burger meal. Hallelujah. I, I want to tell you, I, I thank God for that. But I want to tell you there's got to be a burden of prayer. Have you got children that are on drugs? You can't just mention them in passing. You've got to get a burden for God to move for them. And, and you know what? God will use that burden, not just to deliver your child, but maybe to use that child to help to deliver hundreds and thousands of others. You need to get a vision of what God can do when people pray, hallelujah, and when people have a burden for the Lord. And so one of the, most, the Bible's most powerful examples of answered prayer is when Hannah sought the Lord from a position. Listen, her position was one of desperation, her, her position was of not just desperation, but faith. She was 
down on her knees there by the, by the altar and, and the priest was watching and she prayed so earnestly that she couldn't even make a sound. Only her mouth was moving. She was so intense in prayer. He thought she was drunk. Are you hearing me? I mean, what we want to call prayer today sometimes is, is just a laundry list of God I want or, or a wish list. I wonder how long it's been since God stirred you and drove you to your knees and, and you prayed to hot tears burn down your face and when you got done you felt like I've prayed through hallelujah I remember many years ago I was a young Christian and I was burdened about something and uh, one of my friends where I worked he he said brother one you seem to be different today are you doing all right I said yeah I said I prayed through I prayed through about my burden and another guy that was standing there didn't understand prayer and didn't understand. He said, what in the world did you pray through? And I, I remember looking at him and saying something like, well, I don't know, but I know when I got there. I know when I got through. I know when I broke through into the presence of God and felt like God had moved. Listen, folk, when this woman prayed, she was praying, amen, from a position of desperation and faith. She prayed for a son. And when the time came, she fulfilled her vow. She took that boy back to the temple after he was weaned. She gave him to God. The Bible said he ministered before the Lord. The lamp of God was going out. It was to burn perpetually. The light was going out in Israel, you might say. And the word of God, I read it in your hearing, was precious. They weren't hearing from God. Eli's sons were, were sinning horribly. And God spoke to Eli and said, that's all I can handle. I can't take no more of you and your sons. And then in the middle of the night, God calls Samuel by name. And I won't go into all that story only to tell you that what Hannah prayed for, she gave to God and God used him to be the great deliverer and for the nation of Israel. I want to tell you, she was praying for, for uh, her barren womb to be open, but God used that burden, amen, to usher in the great prophet that would save the nation. I want to tell somebody today, I'm tired of hearing of all the division and all the political upheaval and all of the accusations of the left and the right, the Democrats, the Republicans. My God, it's time for the church to get back on her knees, fall on her face, get a burden and let's travail to revival is born in America. Hallelujah. It will not matter how you vote as nearly as much as it matters if you can get a burden that comes from God and pray for breakthrough in America today. Hallelujah. You know, when uh, she came back to the tabernacle with her son, I, I, I don't have time to read this, but I want you, if you would, to take time to read it later. When she brought little Samuel back to the temple, you know what? She, she didn't come back, you know, as I would think, with her head hung down and sad, packing his little bags and said, I'm going to have to leave him here. No, sir. She came back singing 
praising, worshiping a whole song that God gave her, how that God had opened her womb and she'd become fruitful. And she had other children. I think two more, uh, two, two daughters and three more sons, I believe is, is the right number after that. But she came back rejoicing because she knew that it was her prayer that brought breakthrough, that opened up her womb and stopped the barrenness and allowed her to have children. But little did she know it was also that God was going to use that boy to save the nation and he would anoint Saul the first king of Israel and then Saul would fail and that he would go to the house of Jesse and pour oil over the head of your little boy by the name of David who would amen become the great singer and king of Israel oh listen God used this mother's burden in such a way to save a nation. And I just want to say tonight that I think God can use the burden of a church in 2021. God can use the burden of a pastor. He can use the burden of a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, a Sunday school teacher. Amen. If you're involved in a ministry, whether it's worship or teaching or whatever it might be, driving a church bus, cleaning the church don't just go and laborious but do it, but let it become a burden for you to promote the will of God in this last day. Amen. Well, our time's come and gone, and I'd really like to go deeper into this, but I'm just going to stop right there. And I want to tell you, ask God to give you a burden. And you might say, preacher, that sounds crazy. No, sir. Lord, I've got a burden. I need a burden for souls or for my children or for my parents or my siblings. Listen, Paul said, walk circumspectly, not as fools. Notice what's going on around, our, around us. Our world's in a mess. He said, redeem the time. Amen. It's not a time to be sitting around just playing games. And It's a time to be praying. Hallelujah. And if we can get a burden of prayer, we can pray not only our needs through, but also we can pray in concert with the will of God and see greatness happen in our country and in our world today. And set our hearts on you, Lord, come and We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening. Hallelujah.